Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast, produced by the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community, with your hosts, Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Well, welcome everybody to today's podcast. I want to introduce you to Janet Shine, CEO and co-founder of JS Group, the go-to-marketing consultancy dedicated to achieving results in the channel. And Janet was the 2019 Channel Influencer of the Year, which is an awesome title. And she is a known expert on go-to-market. And in these times, we're recording this podcast in the midst of this big COVID-19 crisis. We're all contained at home. And uh, all of us MSPs and, and IT service providers in the field are wondering how we continue to grow our businesses in a time when absolutely nobody wants to hear a, from anybody who is going to take a piece of their cash flow. And I know personally from, you know, when I'm talking to my vendors and looking at my email, I do not want to see another email that says, here's what we're doing for COVID-19. It's like, save me, please. <laughs> and I really don't want to buy your thing now. But you know what? We all have to sell to survive. And so how, how do we do that? And Janice is the go-to-market expert. So she's going to tell us about, and we're going to have this conversation about how we sell in a time when nobody wants to talk to a salesperson. How do you sell without selling? Okay? And, and sell without selling is kind of, how I've always approached my own MSP. And I think I'm pretty typical, right? So my MSP has eight people. There's me and one office person and all the rest are technical. I'm technical as well, but I don't get my hands in it day to day like the rest of them do. All of my techs are responsible for selling, but we don't actually have any dedicated salespeople. It's their job is to generate new things for us to do, better ways for us to serve our existing client base, because they are the face of the company to our clients. They're that inter they're the they interface with the customers every single day. My job is to fill the pipeline with potential new clients and bring those new clients in, into the business. And I think this is a fairly typical setup for small consultancy type businesses like MSPs are. Is that, Janet, what do you think of that? It's fairly common setup for people? Yeah, very, very common setup for the small and mid-sized MSP. I think you're typical of the average MSP we see, although atypical because I think you have a very refreshing attitude towards the whole firm selling that many don't and get, you know, kind of stuck in set roles about, oh, that's my salesperson or that's my marketing uh, person or agency and, and no one else in the company does that they all have their own finite roles. And so I think that's, that's something that I would lead off on and talk about this concept that everybody is a seller. And when I think about a technician who's out in front of a customer, less likely these days, unfortunately, since so many customers <laughs> are closed, but if you're out in front of a customer or virtually working with a customer, that technician is often your best seller but we often don't tool that person up that way. We have unnecessary conversations, for example, about compensating them. Um, and they're not coin operated like a salesperson. So they don't no, need they're not. They're not, they're not motivated in the same way as a traditional salesperson, right? And they do not want to be salespeople. 
So, you know, when I tell my, my people, you're all responsible for sales, you know, they're like porcupines, right? All their bristles stand up on end. <laughs> they, they don't want to be salespeople. But, um, and, and I don't compensate them on sales. They're, but I really consider it, it's just part of your job as that interface with our customer. When you hear a customer need, for every customer need, we have a solution. And so when they hear that customer need, they are supposed to talk to the customer about that need. And that is their sales objective. Always be generating new things for us to do for the customer. I love that. And I think, um, you know, what I see so often is that that culture is missing, right? And so the fact that you have that culture and the technicians are solvers, right? They're there. Mm -hmm. And if they're looking at someone's network and it's not secure enough, they should be recommending, you know, a way to secure the network. And if they're, you know, they're seeing uh, communications that aren't robust enough, you know, whatever they might be seeing, they should be saying, we have a solution for that. Now, on the flip side, they are typically not extroverts. To your point, they're not, you know, traditional salespeople. So we have to help them. And this is not a costly exercise to do. You have to, to either equip them with materials that help them to tell the story to the client, or you have to be very responsive if they find a need in you helping them to position that with the client. Because, you know, they're going to get into bits and feeds and speeds and, and technical. And often the customer needs to see more of the value proposition than what's in it for them. And so what I have seen and we've done with many small MSPs through a couple of the vendor programs we do is really simplifying the very complicated and often overly salesy uh, sales sheets that vendors do uh, and especially in their channel programs and making them something that is pretty simple as a leave behind for that technician. Um, and we have one MSP that I think does a fabulous job because as they kit out their technicians, uh, part of that kit, and it's uh, replenished uh, on a quarterly basis, it's updated, is an electronic, you know, for lack of a better word, line card um, that has just a little something that they can flip to the customer's email when that comes up. So when they have that conversation with the customer, it's very simple for them to select that and send it forward. And the customer then has what they need to know about that solution. So I think that's important. I think tooling those sellers up to be, I'm sorry, those technicians up to be sellers um, does require you to think a little bit about what they might need in that minute that matters with the customer. Mm -hmm. I really like that idea of having those PDFs pre-generated that can be, they can turn around and send out. So last year, what, almost two years ago now, I hired my first trainer ever because we started to see a lot of need for training with our, our clients. Mm -hmm. uh, their staff is, you know, maybe doing the same things, the same old ways, but yet technology and the transition to the cloud means that they need to learn new tricks. And their business processes need to be modernized. And I just bit the bullet and said, you know what, we need to hire a full-time trainer. Yep. And so we added that to our, to our staff mix. Um, and everybody knows and they feed her things to do and that, but I don't have that PDF. So I think that is an awesome tip. So that when yes. they hear something, they can say, well, you know, we're doing training now and Sarah can come over and show you and show you guys how to do that. And, you know, flip, right, that, right. flip that out to them. That would be yeah, awesome. Make it easy, right? I, I always say if you're going to ask a non-seller, by the way, it's pretty true for regular sellers too, but they're going to be complicated. <laughs> but if you're going to ask a non-seller to sell, 
then you better make it as easy for them as you possibly can. And, and the example I always use is has McDonald's sell more fries, right? Because it's really simple to say, do you want more fries with that? And they've priced it the right way and they've done the right things. And so, so many MSPs haven't really thought through that and said, what would my average customer need? Training is a great example, right? And how do I put something together that's easy for the customer in kind of a snackable manner to buy some training from me? Mm -hmm. um, or to subscribe to some training for me, however you find that your customers might best consume it. Um, and that's the second tip I'm giving people now. And, you know, we talked in the, uh, in the webinar um, about, you know, how important it is to have a new marketing plan, a new sales plan, because this is, you know, these are some new times and uh, the genie's not going back in the bottle. So this digital normal we're in is going to stay here. And so it's also important um, that we think a little bit more um, about the, you know, how has our story changed and how will our story change and what is our new brand promise um, in a world that's primarily digital. And then based on that brand promise, you know, maybe your brand promise is protecting local businesses or, you know, maybe it's, you know, helping them use technology to lower costs, whatever your promise might be, not for me to prescribe, demonstrating that right now in these difficult times will help you to sell more later. It may mm -hmm. not, you know, necessarily sell right today, but I'm going to use an MSP we work with who is a more of an MSSP, so more of a security partner. And they've taken to issuing a daily on note that has nothing to do with COVID because I cannot get, and I'm with you, I cannot get one more notice from one more person telling me <laughs> what they're doing. I'm happy they're wiping down surfaces. I, I truly am, but right. I'm kind of wondering what they were doing before, right? Where, so was the store just filthy? I um, think, thank goodness that Starbucks is cleaning their um, bathrooms every hour. I just, <laughs> I really hope they continue to do that. Because, right, you know, I mean, it, it makes all these posts make you realize what a germy world we've all been living in. <laughs> I'm disgusted now. Like, we might, we, we might cure all kinds of things accidentally. <laughs> we might accidentally, there's going to be a lot less. Um, but so, you know, my point though is that, you know, I've got this customer, this MSSP, and what they're doing is just every day they're sending out just a tip that says, look, 90%, which is true, 90% of security hacks are um, the result of a human error. So we're all working from home, we're all working fast, we're all working without some of the tools we usually have, they're just sending a daily note out that says, here's the next thing you should do, here's the next thing you should do. And they're going viral. People are posting them, people are forwarding them. And guess what's happening as, a, as an intended consequence of this, but the customers don't see it as an intended consequence. Now they're thinking about security, right? Mm -hmm. So now they're saying, well, mm, you know what, that's a really good tip, but half of my employees aren't, you know, don't have, are on a VPN or I don't have this or I don't have that. And so the customers are all of a sudden starting to wake up a little bit and say, Hey, I just want to have a conversation. Are we secure enough? So the customer's asking the question because they're getting these tips that, by the way, have to do nothing with selling. Like today's tip, um, which was a pretty good one, um, but funny, and I think we all know it, but you'd be surprised, which is, you know, the social security, um, they'll never, ever call you. Unemployment is not going to call you. 
So don't give them information. They will never make an outbound call to you um, mm -hmm. because those are the new scams, right? The right. IRS, the unemployment, the PPP call that you're not supposed to get. It's not from your bank, it's from somebody else and people are giving away sensitive information. So um, because of that though, they're getting leads. So I think if you think about what your value prop is and his is keeping people safe, you can think of a way to do marketing even in these difficult times that will result at some point in time in you getting sales. Yeah, you know, I think that this is actually a needed revamp in marketing for MSPs anyway. I can tell you that um, I did not grow my MSP for a few years intentionally. We were just kind of happy with where it was and, and you know, and so we didn't really, we didn't really go to market, you know, and we'd get enough referrals in to just kind of, you know, maintain the status quo. And it was a good thing and allowed me to go out and build some other businesses and do stuff and just sort of let it be a mature, small consultancy and do its thing. And then, um, you know, as I started to look at my own retirement plans, I realized this business needed to be bigger. And so I, I put together a plan to double the size of it, which we achieved in 18 months, which is pretty decent. We That's went amazing. from 600,000 to 1.2 million over that time, um, which was, which was great. And, um, and I didn't have to add that many people to do it. And it turned out it wasn't very hard once you got your marketing plan rolling. And my marketing plan did not have anything at all about my gold, silver, bronze, platinum plan, whatever you want to right. call them. Um, and I was, I was shocked when I went out and started meeting with potential new clients that a bunch of them said to me, well, we know you're an MSP and we've been talking to a bunch of MSPs. So let's just cut to the chase. Let's see your plan and what, and what it costs. And I had to say, well, I don't have one and change that conversation. And so, and, you know, and so that brought in, it's basically, that's not who we are. This is who we are. This is our focus. There's a plan behind it, right. but there's not like, you know, this is not, I can't give you a sheet of paper that says, here's what it's going to cost for gold. And here's what you won't get if you buy silver. And here's really what you won't get if you buy bronze. Um, that kind of selling is really dead. In antiquated, a, it, antiquated, yeah. Yeah, but it's where everybody's at because yep. it worked for so long, right? It worked. People yeah. stay with what works, um, but you really can't do that in a recession. Not unless you want to charge very low prices. And, you know, there's always yeah. the room for someone to be, there. there's the standard wisdom in marketing that says one person can be most expensive, one company can be the most expensive, one company can be the cheapest and everybody else is in the between in between so unless you're going to be the company that's the cheapest mm -hmm. that process won't work now if you want to give it away and and you know you're looking to for whatever reason right have thousands and thousands of customers then that might work um but that won't work in a recession and it certainly won't work when people are fearful right because when people are fearful well how they read that is no matter what level I'm at, you're going to withhold some level of support for money. You're going yeah. to hold me up for that. And that's it, the emotional feeling that people get when they see those packages. Right. And I think people that have sold those packages and they're already existing customers are in those packages. Those customers remember that you have a cheaper package. That's right. And, and they associate you with the package. Yes, so it's always, always been my experience that if you go to market with a product rather than a service, 
And I, I believe those MSP packages are products, not services. Agreed. Go to market with a product. The customer will forever associate you with the person I bought the thing from. That's right. Uh, and it's very, very difficult to convert those customers from thinking of you as the person they bought the thing from to the person that they trust as a partner for their, for their company. Correct. And I always tell MSPs and MSSPs that you know your strategy is working when people forget you don't work there that you're not <laughs> an employee of the company, right? That's when you know you're a really good MSP or MSSP when, the, when your customer forgets, right? When they go, oh, right, you know, we do contract with them. And that's going to be very important right now because if you, let's just pretend, and I'll use simple packages. Let's say you had a $1,000 package, a $500 package, and a $200 package, and the customer bought the $1,000 package because, you know, the economy was great, um, IT staff was very hard to find, so outsourcing mm -hmm. it made a lot of sense, right? Yep. Um, and now the economy gets tough, and they have to make a decision between laying off someone who potentially has worked for them for 20 years and keeping your service. So what do they do, right? Well, hey, to your point, I remember they had a cheaper package. So let me call them and see if I can downgrade the package. And then, oh, by the way, my expectation will still be that I'm served at the level of the other package, right? right? So yeah. you're basically just going to cut your prices in half and give them the same level of service. And that's why I think it's so important around retention right now that you also remind customers what you're there for. So I see a lot of MSPs right now that are uh, afraid to market, right? They're afraid to do any marketing. And I understand that because you don't want to be that company that we all roll our eyes about marketing and trying to sell us something right during the, the virus. However, if you stay silent, it also makes it easy for your customers to forget, right? To, to not value you as much. And so it's a very fine line. And we'll talk about, we did talk about it. I'm sorry, in the webinar, um, you have to have a marketing message and a cadence that makes your customers feel comfortable, but makes that feel very valued in this time. Some old fashioned tricks are probably gonna come back into play, right? We are used to, in the industry when it first started, people used to do a service for a client that was on contract that wasn't necessarily on contract. And you probably remember these days, and then they would send them the bill, but zero it out, right? So that the customer saw that they were getting more value um, yep. than they had before. And, and I think we're at risk of not reminding the customer of our value right now. And that, that's a major risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the customer has to, has to understand the value. So if the, if the value is my stuff is kept up to date and my antivirus is current um, and I haven't had any problems and I haven't had any interactions with you other than you doing checking the backup and the stuff in the background. The customer understands that there's a value to that, but they may not value it at the same level that they used to value it at. Right. You know, what's more important, and, that or, you know, keeping their brother people. employed. I mean, <laughs> right. well, and, and you I mean, know, bring that up, and, and that's the other thing. Um, very current. So I'm hearing from a lot of um, small business owners and JS Group does a lot of surveying of partners and vendors. And um, so we're hearing a lot of noise around a younger member of the family 
um, losing their job and because they're, you know, pretty technical, quote unquote, because they're a Gen Z or millennial, that maybe they could do the technical work. We're hearing that from partners who are thinking, could that person come in and become a technician or a trainer or something? And from customers who are saying, hey, you know, my, my kid, my, your point, my brother, my whoever is out of work. So, you know, I can employ them or I can employ, um, you know, a service provider, a managed service partner or, you know, system integrator VAR or whatever you choose to call yourselves is fine. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> but that is a real risk. If the person doesn't see the value and the only value is updating software and making sure you're current, well, that sounds like something someone less technical could do. Right. And, and so I think more proactive marketing of your value, but also more proactive, proactive actions around your value um, are, are really needed right now to remind those customers why they're so lucky to have you in, right. their, in their business. Yeah, we actually saw that, I would say, starting three or four years ago when the millennial workforce really started to come in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we, we began to talk to our clients about that. Because it's like, all right, you are hiring 22-year-olds with 21 years of computer experience. <laughs> the thing is, their computer experience is about using Google to submit their papers. It's about, you know, when they need Reading. something, yeah. when they need something, they, they go to their browser and they Google it and they download it and they install it. But they have no idea how to use a computer in a business sense. Right? How, to, how, how to protect data, how to keep their personal data separate from their corporate data, um, why it's important that they, that they maintain the security standards, you know, why, you know, how to use your templates for things that, that you know, you have to do things in a certain way. And they need to understand the whys of that. So just because they have computer experience does not mean that they know how to use that computer in a business sense. Exactly. And so we've really had that, those conversations big time. I would, yeah. three, starting three, four years ago, and we've kind of kept that up as part of our training message too, that these that. people still need training, right? Right, they do. It, no, they it do. used to be like when I first started my business 20 years ago, and when I first got into IT 25 years ago, one of the things I had to do was show people how to use a mouse, right? <laughs> how to type on a keyboard, how to turn the computer on and off. Yep. It, well, the new workers, they know how to do all that stuff. That's, that's no brainer. They started doing that when their parents got them the iPhone to keep them busy when they were two, right? <laughs> right exactly. But, um, but the training today is a completely different, completely different it, it really scenario. Is. And there's some pluses in that because those very same people can also teach you a lot about social selling and social media, right? Which is, is mm -hmm. by the way, very important right now um, because there's no physical selling really possible, no events, right? Um, so we're talking a lot with MSPs about that millennial who's in their practice or Gen Z and really converting them regardless of what role they're in, whether it's sales, technical, uh, bookkeeping, training, right? I, I don't really care what they are. If they're mm -hmm. a good reverse mentor for the rest of the company to do social selling, to understand how to use social media the right way, you should, yeah. use, right? You should pop up a call and, and, and have them show people every day how to do something on social media because social selling really is going to be a key for the MSPs and social selling doesn't happen. One salesperson trying to sell on LinkedIn or, or Twitter or YouTube or anywhere else. It's the whole company talking about the brand and the persona 
um, on social media. That's how social selling works. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, we see as a true marketing opportunity. Now, the other opportunity I see uh, as a go-to-market expert is you are going to see a lot of businesses that decide to bring someone in after this uh, is over um, or lay off people after this is over. And so you're going to see a change in the workforce composition at most of your clients, right? Whether it's they down, you know, they laid people off or whether it's that they had to bring that son or that brother or someone in because um, they don't have a job. And so I do think there's opportunity. Let's face facts. There's still a shortage of technical staff in the U.S. This short-term blip, whether it lasts three months, six months, or a year, we don't have enough technical workers. And so training, um, uh, providing skills, um, even potentially, um, you know, training someone in that business to take over some of the work and, and selling that employee, quote unquote, to um, that end user. I think those models um, could potentially save some MSPs who uh, won't have the normal workload that they would have had. Um, they just need to be creative. I think that's some great advice. I loved your term on the reverse, reverse educating. Reverse so, mentor. Re I call reverse, it reverse mentor. Reverse mentor. I, that's, a, that's a fabulous term. Um, I might have to steal that with some of my messaging to my clients. Oh it's the my reverse mentor right now, uh, fun, funnily enough, in my business, uh, Ashlyn is our head of social media uh, and uh, and really is an amazing reverse mentor, of course. Um, she has her PhD in history, but uh, also a master's, and she's just brilliant at this. And it's unbelievable how she can have a dialogue. Um, and, and I'll tell the story here because I think it's fascinating. So she posted a social media article because uh, one of the uh, unified communication vendors that we think is very good, uh, 8 by 8 wasn't mentioned in a Time article. The Time article mentioned all these things that you could use, and they didn't mention them. So mm -hmm. she, you know, mine was like, oh, shucks, that's too bad, right? Right, Her missed opportunity. Was, yeah. Right, hers was, this is an opportunity. And she sent a tweet out and said, hey, you know, got to wonder, did you not listen to the channel? Because this is one of the top five selling mm -hmm. solutions in the channel. Like, hey, Times, hey, and the author, can you fix it? They edited the article online in about seven minutes. Wow. And wrote back to her and said, well, I guess now you got to reread the article because look what's in here. And, <laughs> and she was like, that's awesome. Happy face balloons, you know, the whole nine yards. Right. And what I thought was just really great about it was not the fact that she, she was right, right? It was, a, it was a, a miss on them, particularly with security issues being as they are right now. Mm -hmm. But it was the, the thought that she knows how to go out there and have a dialogue that was a reverse mentoring moment for all of us, you know, who sat back and went, dang, that's too bad, right? right. Um, and she was like, no, hang on, you can fix that. It's online. <laughs> and, 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 you know, with Time Magazine, you know, it wasn't a, a small little local publication. Um, yeah. Voice is very loud right now in social media and in social selling, particularly if you're not talking about the virus because people are just pretty much done with that. So, um, you know, they're just done hearing of, hearing of it. So I do think that that go to the youngest person in your company tomorrow who's active on social media and playing on gaming platforms and understands how to make a relationship with someone they've never met and ask them to help the rest of your team. How do we do it? How do we get our brand out there? What do we do? How do we engage? You know, who do we listen to? Um, you'll, you'll see an astounding change in your team. Yeah, that's some that's some really great advice. So, one I do have somebody on my team who's who's a creative type just naturally, and so you know 
<clears throat> Microsoft Teams has been getting a lot of press lately and they just rolled out the custom backgrounds and yeah, and so sense. she found where how to, how to, kind of a hack of how to upload a, your own custom background as opposed to the ones that they've provided for you. And so she sent me a picture of herself in a house on fire <laughs> background <laughs> and it is current current status, you know, and I put that out on our, our social media and said, hey, you know, Microsoft Teams is, uh, Microsoft Teams has this, this cool new custom background feature. You can upload what you want and look what Sarah did with it. And it was, it's a funny picture, right? She's got this look on her face like, ah, and, and, <laughs> and everybody's kind of feeling like that. And that post yeah. has been so popular. So it, I mean, it, it conveyed a new tool and, and right. out there in a funny kind of way and everybody responded to it because they could all relate to the house on fire at the moment right and um and it also you know it's going to generate new things for us to do for our clients because although we said hey there's a hack for being able to do this you know and here there's this new feature but if you want your custom you can do it we know that they're gonna they're gonna come back to us and say, say how do i do how that? do how right. do i do that Right. And I always tell my staff, don't be afraid to tell a client you can you're you can do this or even show them how to do it because the second you do that, they then come back and say, Oh, that was really cool. Can you do it for me? Right. Oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah, because that was good that you showed me, but I don't really want to learn how, right? Yeah, I don't really want to learn that. I don't want to do that for myself. That's why right. we have you. Can you do you just make that happen? Right. And, and how current? Know. I mean, you think about social media, there's been so much news about, you know, um, Zoom, I'm going to use, right, their security breaches and, and issues. So what a great time also, because you now just pointed out to people, you know, Microsoft Teams much more secure, right? And, but instead of selling Microsoft Teams, you had a fun dialogue about something you could do on it. And so someone who's using a platform that they're now worried about, um, between both of those examples, might come over to an 8 by 8 platform because of what Ashland did or, or a Microsoft Teams platform because of what you did, right? So I think those are also good examples of selling without, you know, looking intentional because yeah. you just engaged with an audience that wanted to hear from you. Um, right. And I think that that, that is a, the biggest marketing tip I can give everybody right now is be human and communicate. Don't sell. Just be uh, human and communicate. Yep. Human and communicate, I think, is a great way to wrap up our conversation. Now, we did reference a webinar that we did on this topic, and I wanted to let everybody know where that's at. So it's uh, April 28th, noon Eastern, and you can view the recording of that. I'm assuming you're all listening to this after the fact. So um, if you go over to thirdtier.net, you'll find the recording for that webinar, and I'll post it into um, into Carl's SMB community as well. So you can pick it up there. And it's going to be Janet again, but we're, we're looking in that webinar. We've got a lot of really concrete materials for you to, um, for you to put into, into action and, and some great examples on, on what's, what's going to work in a social selling scenario when you can't go to market like we all used to go to market. So Janet, thank you for really joining me today and having this great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.